Well, good morning. How about you turn around and say hello to the folks around you? Go ahead and wish them a good morning. Tell them happy birthday if they're turning 80. Not only want to say welcome to my family who is here today, but uh, I, 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 uh, with all the activity in my family, I missed the gumbo cook-off yesterday, so grateful to all those who made that happen, as well as royalty that is here today as victors of the spoil there. So welcome to all of you. Um, as we continue the uh, story of Grand Isle, this legendary and rich history that we have last week, just to kind of remind us of where we were, we were in chapter one, which uh, spoke of the settling of the island. Again, these chapters that we're unpacking together about the story of Grand Isle comes to us from a personal conversation I had with, may he rest in peace, Mr. Russell Crosby, kind of um, um, a legendary historian of our beloved island who know the story of our people. And he said that there's five chapters in the story of Grand Isle. Chapter one, that's the story of the settling. Chapter two, he mentions the pirates. Chapter three, Russell says that that's the, uh, that's the plantations and the resorts. Chapter four is about the oil. And chapter five, as he said, is the story of the outboard motor. And if you open up the bulletin today, let's kind of keep telling the story and learn a little bit more about the history of Grand Isle on page nine. Many of you, as you have come to love the island, have your own experience of the island, but I think uh, as we have unpacked in the weeks past, as we learn about the story of the island, we also therein can learn a little bit more about our story, about our history. So what, are the, what, is that, what about their lives, or specifically that experience, that phenomena, can teach us about ours? Page 9, you can see that Grand Terre was once home to the infamous French pirate Jean Lafitte and his crew, right, for sure, about 15 years, from 1800 to 1814. The, they used to call themselves the, the Baratarians, or instead of being called pirates, they, uh, they would like to be called pirateers. Uh, they would use Grand Terre as kind of their operations, uh, right, obviously next to, to Barataria Pass and then Barataria Bay, and they would uh, target the Spanish vessels that were coming in. Uh, it's, it's, it's a part of our history. There's a, a movie from 1958 called The Buccaneer, which had uh, Yul Brenner and uh, Charleston Heston in that movie. Flip the page over to page 10. The story of the pirates here in Grand Isle. The historical reality of the pirates. Pirates were a part of America's uh, commerce, as you can see at the top of page 10. Uh, from the, in the 1700s and the 1800s, they were essential, uh, or they were, they were a significant part of the economy in many ways. You can see there that according to the National Endowment for Humanities, pirates held a leading role in developing commercial structure and port towns in America. However, it's important as we, we, we understand history to, to pierce through what is, what is lore, right, folklore, and, 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 and beautiful stories, and, and also what we know historically. Because if we're going to honor our history, we want to make sure we know what's there. Let's be reminded that uh, Jean Lafitte wasn't just looking for gold. He wasn't just looking for silver. Jean Lafitte made the, 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 the most um, lucrative catch for him would have been, have, have been to capture a Spanish slave trading ship. And he would take those slaves and he would take them to New Orleans and he would sell them himself. So it's important for us to understand that, um, that, that there is a, 
an air in the air here in Grand Isle about this, our beloved Jean Lafitte. Just, just put everything in perspective as we kind of acknowledge our history there. Now, of course, Jean Lafitte and those who fought with him were, were also uh, significant in the Battle of New Orleans in the War of 1812, right? That was a significant thing. That's how he won his pardon, and many of those who were with him fought to, to help our nation. If you look uh, at letter number two on page 10, right? Louis Chigazola was a lieutenant with Jean Lafitte's ranks, um, and he was nicknamed Nescoop, right? So when we, we see the, the words Nescoop here on the island, that's where they come from, right? From Louis Chigazola. Um, his son is buried in a cemetery. It's more, one of the more legendary tombs that's here in the cemetery, right? The, the, the familial connection, right, to the pirates that are there. But there's something about the pirates in Grand Isle that have, um, that, that have a way of kind of capturing us not only as a part of our history, but, but certainly at, even at this time of year, um, I think it is, it's fun, right, for us to, to kind of climb in to the folklore of the island with the pirates. Even at this time of year, we're Halloween. Um, many of us are going to celebrate Halloween next week. Um, Halloween, I think, is more of an adult uh, holiday. This has a, is uh, a kid's holiday. When I was a kid, it was just a race through the neighborhood so that I could begin negotiations with candy at the end of the night, right? It's kind of funny how all the best candy landed in my dad's pile in the refrigerator later on, but that's okay. I don't know if you, you know what it's like to put on a costume, but you know, put on a costume, whether it's a, a, that pirate, right, or, or whether it's any other costume. It's, for a moment, it kind of makes us feel like somebody else. I don't know if you've ever been there, right? Like you put on a costume, and you feel like somebody else. That's kind of what I want to go today. Like, all the different ways that we can feel like somebody else. And things that can pirate our true identity. Let me tell you a story. This is what's happening in the gospel today. The gospel today, we're in Matthew chapter 22. It's the end of Matthew. This is Jesus at the end of his life, the end of his days. This is the final stretch as he's in Jerusalem. And he's in Jerusalem, and he's kind of thundering away against the scribes and Pharisees and the leaders of Israel. And he is trying to get them to remember who he is. Jesus, his message is about his identity. And he's trying to warn the Jewish people that when you reject me, the person, you reject my identity as the Son of God and the Messiah. And the consequences to that, Jesus, in this, this stretch that we've been in last week, the week before that, next week, he's trying to say, you're, you're gonna, there's consequences when you reject my identity. And so they approach him today, right? So I want you to feel the tension. This tension between Jesus and the leaders of, this, of, the, of Israel. And in the gospel today, they come up to him, right? If you heard these words, it says, the Pharisees went off to plot how they might entrap him. So they come to him with a trap. And they say, Jesus, is it lawful for us to pay the, the census tax to Caesar? Now here's the thing. There's no way out for him. They're trying to trick him. If Jesus says, yeah, you should, well, then there are those who could say, you see, you're siding with the Romans who have, in, who have occupied our land. There were zealots at the time of Jesus who wanted nothing to do with the Romans, and he could be labeled as a Roman sympathizer. If Jesus says, no, don't pay the tax, 
then they're going to get him because he's, he's teaching people to disobey the law. So it's a trick. So notice how Jesus gets out of it. Look at the bottom of page 10. Bottom of page 10. Look at that image. He says, give me a coin. Look at the coin. That's the coin. That's the denarius that would have been floating around the Roman Empire at the time of Jesus. The denarius was a small coin stamped with the profile in the face of the emperor of Caesar. On the coins was the inscription that read, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of God. The son of God is trying to get them to know who he is. And they're rejecting him. They try to trick him today. And the Son of God says, show me the coin. And on the coin there's an image of someone who is claiming to be Caesar Augustus, son of the divine. Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. What's he mean? If you look at the top of page 11, I want to unpack this with you. Stay with me here, right? There's a double meaning in Jesus' words. Top of page 11. Matthew writes the Greek word ekon, which translates into likeness. This is where we get the word icon for. What's an icon? It's an image that points to a reality in heaven. That's what icons do. They're an image, and they point us to heaven. Jesus says there's an there's a, there's a likeness on this coin. Where else is that word used? Icon. In Genesis chapter 1, at the very beginning of the Bible, it says that we were made in the image and likeness of God. We are icons of God. We were made in His image. So there's this play on words as Jesus has the coin. He says, what's on the coin? What's the image on the coin? Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, which is what? The money. And give to God which is God. What? The, the, the icon. God and God alone is the one who determines who we are. We are made in God's image. God is the one who claims our identity. Give the money to Caesar, but give to God the icon. Give to God the image. That's what Jesus is trying to say to us in the gospel, is we are made in His image. His. And there are things that happen in life, it's kind of like a costume and we put it on. It makes us feel somebody else. Like what? Like your past. Every one of us. Hey, me included. I got a confession just like you. I got a past just like you. And sometimes what happens is as we stand before God, we can stand before God and say, God, here I am. And it's like our past and all of our sins. It's like a, it, it comes on top of us. And our sins make us feel like we're someone that we're not. There's a difference between being a person who has done some bad things versus feeling sometimes like you are the bad things. With our past, it can almost pop.
pirate our identity and it can accuse us. No, 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 Mark. You're, you're not someone who did sin. You are sin. What does Jesus say to us today? No. You're the icon of me. Jesus says to all of us today, he says, regardless of what you have done in the past, that's not who you are. Who you are is his. And even when we have stuff in our past, guess what? He's not afraid of your past. Look at this. He did this before our past. All those things about us that we don't like. This is what he is. This is what he does. Sometimes we have things that we, they make us feel like somebody else. Good things. Like being a mama or a daddy. Or being successful at work. And those are good, right? Until you have empty nest. And your kids move out and a lot of people are like, well, I don't know who I am anymore. I was always, I was always defined as their mom or their dad. Why is it so hard for people to retire? Because so much of our identity is caught up in being that guy. I'm, I'm that guy at work, or I'm that woman at work. Right? Sometimes other things can kind of claim our identity, our successes, our accolades, even our vocations. If your kids are doing great, what? You look good, right? What happens when your kids struggle? You can feel bad about that. That can grab your identity. What does Jesus say today? Hey, give the God what is God's. Right? You're an image of God. And yes, you are a mom, and yes, you are a dad, but before you were that, you were his. You were made in his image. You're our identity, regardless of our vocation. It comes from God and from God alone. What else can kind of claim our identity? And then what's the good news for us today? Our efforts, right? All the things that we do in life, those can can kind of claim our identity. So here's the thing. When you think about who you are, how do you answer that? When you stand before God today, and He's looking at us, whatever the labels are, sinner or success, I'm that person, I'm I'm that person. God says, take all that off. That's what He's getting at with this coin thing. And he says, when we stand before him and we know who he, he, he is, well, now I know who I am. And nothing, nothing determines who we are other than God. And that's good news for us today. Amen? So maybe for the rest of Mass, we could just all look right here. Without the labels, without anything else, maybe we could just look right here, let Him look right back at us, and let's be reminded that when we know whose we are, we know our identity, and we know who we are. Amen?